to be here in the Croc Center this morning. And um, although I think um, some people are slightly disappointed you didn't get to uh, uh, go to Camp Homolani, I am very thankful that the hurricane did not hit. I don't know about you. So and yesterday, uh, Judy and I and our son Mark were able to uh, go to the cliffs uh, out there on the East Coast. Wow. Just an amazing show. I've never seen waves like that. And in the Marshall Islands where we have very little strips of sand that we live on and everything is three feet high, if a wave like that hit us for that amount of time, I don't think there'd be anybody left. So I'm very thankful uh, that the Lord is good. He has placed us where he has. Well, this... um, this weekend was supposed to be a time to look at uh, ministries and small groups and things like that. So if you don't mind, I'd like to um, continue with that um, and come at that for, uh, for a little bit of time this morning. Um, share the concept of small group ministry, what that might mean, what that means for you personally, uh, what it means for Croc Center here. So um, uh, I want to talk this morning about the power of two or three. Power of two or three. So uh, first question I have this morning is, what kind of power are we talking about? Well, you know what? Let's pray first. Yeah, okay. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for the power of God demonstrated in hurricanes, lightning, uh, earthquakes, uh, devastation, Lord. Uh, I think of Psalm 107. Men went out on the sea in ships and their hearts failed them because of the power of God. And sometimes, Lord, we take that power for granted. This morning, as we look at a different kind of power, I pray that you would fill our hearts with the power of God, with the Spirit of God, that we may hear and receive what you have for us individually, small groups of us together, and as a core here, as a church here at uh, Croc in, in Honolulu. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what kind of power are we talking about? There's the power of nuclear power, right? Castle Bravo, we come from the Marshall Islands. So much power that the uh, guys who detonated that bomb there were shocked. The bomb came off three times more powerful than they had planned. It just vaporized an island out there. That's power. And there's a power of attack. ISIS, all of us know uh, about those guys, right? That's a kind of power. And uh, there's uh, national power. We see a guy like Vladimir Putin, and he demonstrates what it means to be Russian. Um, And, of course, uh, there's athletic power that we've seen in the Olympics. And there's the power of nature that we are comfortably seated about 100 miles away from right now. Yeah, so that's the kind of power. But the power we're talking about this morning is a different power entirely. And in fact, some people wouldn't even consider it to be power because they can't see it as power. But we want to talk about that this morning. Matthew chapter uh, chapter 18, verse 15, talks about the power of two or three, and we want to look at it this morning. Uh, There uh, Jesus tells us, he's speaking... In fact, Matthew 18 is an incredible chapter just on greatness, forgiveness, and stuff like that. In the middle of that, he says these things. If your brother or sister sins, 
go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. I want you to notice the word two there. If they listen to you, you have won them over. And this is a power of reconciliation. There are a lot of people today, perhaps you might even be in the room today, and you have strained relationships with someone else. And Jesus offers us the power to be reconciled, to actually put those kind of things in the past and continue forward. And, but notice, you know, he doesn't talk about one big group. He talks just between the two of you. If they listen to you, listen to you, you have won them over. Wow, that, that is power. Uh, verse 16. But if they will not listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. This is a different kind of power. The power to stand for the truth. The power to stand for the truth. There are many people today who don't know how to stand for the truth. There are many people who are plagued by problems and they can't stand up for what is right. They are weak. But notice here, two or three gathering together and in that two or three, there is power to stand for the truth. And being confronted by the truth, there is power to yield to the truth. And I suspect this morning in this room there are people There is a truth that you need to yield to this morning. Amen? Some area in your life where you need to yield to the truth. And a guy like me standing up here, you can go, yeah, I suppose. But if there's two or three that come alongside you and confront you, it gives you the power to yield to that truth. Amazing, right? This is just two or three people. Verse 17, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. I'm going to talk about this a little bit this morning. That's the power to discern who another person is. And this is the negative version, obviously. This is a a big problem here. Somebody's been confronted, and this is not little stuff. This must be something pretty big. And the church itself has gone to the person, more than two or three, right? This is the big confrontation to help that person leave whatever that issue is, and they won't. But in, the, in that process, Jesus has given the church the power to discern who that person is. And in this case, Jesus says to them, treat them as you would a tax collector or sinner. They appear, they have claimed to make uh, the statement, I am a follower of Jesus, I am a follower of this way, and yet when confronted by the truth in love, from a scriptural perspective, they refuse to yield to the truth. And Jesus says that in that moment, you have discerned the spirit behind that person. They're really not a follower. And and if they are, 
They're acting as if they're not. So you need to understand who that person is now. Now, I know that sounds harsh, scary in some ways, but at the same time, the church is given the power to discern a person's gifts. And we see this throughout the scriptures where Jesus can walk up to a man like Simon Peter and say, hey, I know that you're a person of mercurial uh, attitudes and stuff like that, but I'm going to call you a rock. Peter means rock. We see it with Paul, transformed. The ability to discern a person is not just for bad, but it's also for good. Paul talks about, in many of the scriptures, about the gifts that are there, and the church discerns who people are. And that discovery happens in small groups, two or three people, finding out who they are in the Lord. Amen. Verse 18. Truly, I tell you. Now, I I know this is going to be a little tough, so I want to go down so I can read it myself because it's a little... Okay, so I tell you, whatever you, and that's plural, not just one person, whatever two or three of you bind or stop on earth has been bound or stopped in heaven. And whatever you, two or three of you, loose, release on earth has been released in heaven. So there's churches that go along talking about binding and loosing, and they talk about binding the power of Satan and loosing God's power and stuff like that. But in this case, really what uh, Jesus is talking about is to stop Jesus is saying, I give you the power to stop a person from their destructive patterns or to release a person to follow me in power. Amazing, huh? I I just ask you a question this morning. Is there anybody in your life, I'm not just talking about you right now, but is there any person in your life right now that needs to be stopped? They're doing something. You see that. They need to be stopped. Anybody, anybody you know like that? Yeah, okay, right. Is there anybody you know that needs to be released, set free to do the things of God? Amen? Amen. Some of us here in this room, we need to be released, set free. How is that going to happen? going to walk up to Pastor Phil and say, Pastor Phil, I need to be released. Maybe. Maybe some people will be gutsy enough to do that. But probably the safest place to do that is in a small group of friends where you can be confronted with the truth, where you can yield to the truth. You can say, you know, there's, there's this thing in my life I have to stop. And together, two or three or small groups like that can stop that in the power of Jesus or release you. I really feel called to ministry. I, I feel called to this group of people. I feel called and released by the Spirit of God. Powerful, powerful stuff. The world may not recognize it. They may never think of you as they do Vladimir Putin. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But the reality is that it's still real power. It's really seen it's really observed. Um, there was a movie years back, um, Shall We Dance? And in the middle there, the, the husband decides that he wants to go dancing and learn how to dance. He doesn't tell his wife. And uh, the wife 
hires a detective to, to track him. And the guy says he's dancing, and she talks about married life. And she makes this incredible comment. Um, she says, marriage is about recognizing your existence, seeing you for who you are, and accepting you as you are until death do us part. And um, that is the power of two or three. Marriage is the beginning of two or three, yes? A chance to be known and to know and to, conf- and to bind and to stop and to release. That's what that's all about. Most of us, many people, don't experience that in their lives, and Jesus has something much better for us than that. And I want you to notice... Uh, he goes on uh, in verse 19 and 20. Again, I truly tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And then he makes this amazing statement. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. What Jesus just did here is he He says the church exists, the power of the church exists wherever two or three are gathered in my name. So when the one brother or sister goes to the other brother and sister and they gather in the name to confront an issue, it isn't just that other person there. It's not just the two of you. Jesus is there. You know, and if you think about it, that's how Jesus operated. He took 12 people, 12 guys. That was it. Now, I know it's not two or three, but Jesus is always speaking in parables, and so two or three is a, a figure of speech to let us know. It doesn't have to be a big group. It doesn't have to be a big group to have lots of power. Amen? If there are two of you together and you meet in Jesus' name, husband and wife, Two of you together and you meet in Jesus' name, it isn't just the two of you. Jesus is there with you. That's the church right there. If there's a a couple brothers uh, who get together to talk about life and talk about their issues, it isn't just the little group of you guys. Jesus is there too. I have a good friend, Scott. And... uh, this was a, this, uh, Scott is a man committed to this, lived this all his life. Now, Scott is a mess. He's a complete mess, just kind of like me. And, uh, and finally, one day, his wife had had enough of his mess and said, I'm leaving you. And, uh, and Scott was absolutely devastated. And so he and I would talk, and he, it wasn't just the two of us, but there were several guys we were talking. We would pray, and we would ask God uh, for his power. And, of course, what we were hoping for is that his wife would change her heart toward him, but that did not happen. And in the process, she said, you know, you have not changed at all. And I had the privilege to say to Scott, that is not true. I know that you've changed. Scott began to 
before the divorce, began to go to a divorce recovery workshop and began to work through all of his issues. And he would talk, and we'd spend nights up. I remember being in the van till like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm just going, Scott, I've got to go home, man. I am so tired here. But I'm committed to you, brother. <laughs> but my mind is not, or my body is not committed to you right now. We would pray through all of these things, and I watched this. And I saw the transformation in Scott. And after all of that situation, I told Judy, I said, if anybody's going to make it through divorce, Scott's going to make it. And he has. And then he met another woman a couple years later, and, and he was very cautious. He says, you know, I've been through all that stuff. But today they're married. And it's a great relationship. And he made lots of mistakes in earlier relationships, but he learned from them. Guys, the power of two or three to be transformed. Wow, Jesus is in there in the midst of that. Amen? We have a saying in the Marshall Islands because everything's always so messy. All these problems happened, and it's like everybody brings all their troubles to me all at once. You know, it's kind of like, okay, and all the past, and they got all these things that happened, and this guy did, and I said, hey, you know what, let's stop, okay? I can't deal with the past. Let's start where we are right now, and let's make it right from now on, okay? Is that all right? Ah, oh, but, but, I said, you know what, I can't deal with the butt butts because I wasn't even here. Okay, can we start right now? That's where Jesus takes you, right now. What's in your past is in your past. You can confess your sins, and it says, as far as the east is from the west, so far will he remove your transgressions from you? Yeah? Sounds good. Let's start now. So for some of you today, let's start now. Let Jesus start with you now. Your past is in your past. Some of those things you're going to have to deal with, I get. But the thing is, you can start now. You can start fresh. You can begin again. Amen? You don't have to be stuck by all that stuff. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Just two or three. So this morning... I'm actually challenging you, if you don't know the power of two or three in your life, maybe it's time to begin. And Croc Center, I know, is, is putting together a, uh, an emphasis, not like a program, but an emphasis to work with small groups. So what I am challenging you to do is make that happen for you. Be a part of that. Allow someone to confront you. Allow yourself to confront another person. If that's just too intense, allow someone to bless you. Can you start there? Let someone bless you in the name of Jesus. Experience Jesus with two or three or four or five or whatever. Remember, Jesus had 12 guys to start with. That's all. From those 12 people and Jesus, today one-third of the world's population makes some claim of allegiance with Jesus. And I'm not here to say if that's true or not, but I mean, wow, that is power, huh? One-third of the world. Even Vladimir Putin doesn't have anything like that. And that's been going on for centuries. And the great thing about, well, I won't say, and the thing about Vladimir Putin is one day he will die, and it'll be over for him. 
but Jesus keeps on living. Here we are today because of Jesus and 12 guys, one of which turned out to be a traitor, right? I mean, even in the midst of that mess, here we are today because that is real power. I want to really quickly look at uh, Acts chapter um, 2 and how did this work. So Jesus leaves. um, He sends his spirit day of Pentecost. And this group of, at that time, 120 people uh, are filled with the spirit, begin to speak in tongues and people come. And then in, in a single moment, 3,000 people are now part of that church. Wow. What do you do with 3,000 people? I mean, I barely know the 120 that I'm hanging with now. I've got 3,000 people. What are we going to do with these people? Well, Jesus already taught us. Wherever, how many? Or... Wherever two or three are gathered, there I am with them. You can't disciple 3,000 people, but you can disciple two or three together. Three or four or five or six. I mean, the number's not important, but groups small enough that we can confront and encourage and bless and experience the power of Jesus together. So this is what they did. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse uh, 42. They, that's the 3,000 people, and quickly it was 5,000, they devoted themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching, which we now call the New Testament. The fellowship, these small groups. Breaking of bread, eating together, sharing common meals, sharing Jesus' meals. And prayer. That's those four common elements. Look, you could do that at home, couldn't you? Right? Read a small section of the New Testament. Have true fellowship. And the true fellowship would be fellowship with Jesus involved with that. Break bread together. Remember, you know, Jesus said, every time you do this, every time you break bread, do this in memory of me. Remember me. Because I'm with you. Right? Two guys are walking on the road. Two guys are walking on the road to Emmaus. Jesus shows up. That's part of the picture, right? Uh, and um, and Jesus demonstrates himself. He breaks bread and he's revealed to them in the breaking of bread. Wow, very cool. What an awesome picture of what Jesus wants to do. Eat together, share about Jesus, right? And pray together. That's all you have to do. Not not a big deal, right? So just two or three people, four common disciplines, easy. Now watch what happens. Verse 43, everyone, that means not just the 3,000, not just the 120, everyone in the area was filled with awe. Many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And it wasn't just the apostles. Soon it will be other people that are doing miracles. All the believers were together having everything in common selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. All the Jewish people in Jerusalem are watching this going on, and they say, I want that. 
It is so powerful. I want that. I want to experience what these guys are experiencing. I've been following Jehovah God all my life, but I've never seen what I'm seeing with these guys. I want that. That's power. No one may ever know your name outside of your small circle. Jesus doesn't care. He knows your name. And dude, he's God. So if Jesus knows my name, I'm known. I'm well known. In fact, it says one day I will will get to know him as well as he knows me. Awesome. They were praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. I'm going to call Freddie up and the worship team. I want to challenge us this morning. For some of us, we have lived our lives as Christians as if we were singles. You know, there's people all alone. That's okay. Jesus loves you individually. But Jesus has something more for you. Jesus has groups of friends, brothers, sisters, who will gather in his name and he will be present and he will minister to you through these people. And if you're saying, you know what? I want that. Then I'm going to invite you up, not in just a second, but what I'd really like is if you have, if there's two or three of you together to come up together. It could be husband and wife, father and sons, mother and daughter, two friends. And you are saying, you know what? I want to be part of that. I want to experience what those guys experienced so long ago. I want the power of Jesus in my life. If that's you, I, I ask you to come this morning and make a dedication. I want to experience the power of Jesus. Amen? So, We're giving you this time. Come forward. Dedicate yourself. Groups of two or three. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you this morning. We've seen in the word, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. Your power your power to confront, your power to bless, your power to discern, your power to set free, your power to stop. Some of us in this room, there's things we need to stop. Some of us in this room need to be set free. You have a very simple, simple system. Two or three gathered in your name. United around four very simple discipline, all sorts of ways. And Lord, this morning we come to, to your plan for us. We want to experience the power of Jesus in two or three. So if you're here this morning and you'd like to come forward, you're invited to. 
If you want to do it in your chair, that is, is just as good. Mm-hmm.